0: Welcome to the Hope Connection Radio Show, brought to you by Bishop Harry Jackson and the Hope Christian Church family. Today's message is sure to transform your life and touch your soul. Let's listen in to this powerful teaching by Bishop Jackson, already in progress. Now, what we're doing today is we're looking at the pattern. Somebody shout, pattern. The pattern of the tithe in the Old Testament, it was a requirement in the New Testament. We have to enter into this whole realm by revelation. Requirement versus revelation. A law versus faith and grace. And so we're going to believe that God is going to prove some things to you with regard to the tithe. Now, we want to give this disclaimer. There are many people who come to church and they believe that The whole thing of tithing and giving beyond the tithe is all about the preacher and, uh, you know, getting to drive his favorite model car and uh, all kinds of other things. But the essential question in the tithe, and we've looked at three uh, different uh, messages thus far uh, about these issues, really is all about God making covenant with individuals about their own personal finance with the idea that God will bless. Now, I don't have this on this note, but this is where we build from right in the margin of your notes, if you're taking notes. Malachi chapter 3. Essentially, the Lord said, I want to do two things. I want my covenant people, somebody shout covenant people. This doesn't apply to people that are out in the world, but I want people who are really following me to present two things. They're going to bring a life and they're going to bring an offering that represents the covenant. They're going to bring a life lived in a certain way. And they're going to bring an offering that represents the covenant. Remember that the tithe and the offerings, we're going to go into this in real detail, but remember that the tithes that we were bring and the first fruit. The concept is very simple. Present your best and God will bless the rest. Present your best and God will bless the rest. In other words, the stuff that you keep will go farther than you could possibly keep or protected in your own strength. That's the premise. So God is simply saying, I want to enter into a partnership with you and just like you're going to pay your taxes, how many understand that Uncle Sam does not ask you whether you feel led to give him his money or not? Isn't that right? He, he's going to make some requirements and assessments. And the longer you think about whether you're going to follow through or not, the higher the penalties are going to be. We're in a different kind of kingdom, and thank God we have a great and gracious king. So, under point number one, I want you to put down putting the Lord first. That was what goes into that blank. Is there a blank there with you? Putting the Lord first. And so, the redeeming the firstborn, we looked at this command. We're looking at an agrarian society in the New Testament. Everything has got to be transferred from the pattern to a principle. And we want to follow the principle based on the Old Testament pattern, right? We're also going to recognize as we begin that God is not legalistic in how he is functioning with you, meaning that if you violate the rules of this one time or you had ignorance in what you're doing, it is not going to be that the ground is going to open up, earthquakes are going to happen, and all of a sudden, boom, (laughs) boom. You wind up three centimeters away from hell. That's not, <laughs> that's not how this works or rolls. But there is a realm of blessing that we cannot really propose or hope to aspire toward unless we follow the pattern and the principles that God has given. Does that make any sense at all to you? So also, we are going to just go through these simple points. Now in verse 12, I want you to understand that it says that you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. And the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. And the principles below are under one, under A1. Do you see that there? The clean must be sacrificed. The clean must be sacrificed. Number two, if the firstborn was unclean or an unacceptable animal or uh, something that we have in our possession in this agrarian society that God deemed unclean, it could only be redeemed by offering to God the clean. Unclean could only be redeemed by offering God the claim. Now, if you want to do a more detailed study of all of this, you can do so. And it is very easy to start with Exodus and follow this theme. But I wanted you to get this principle that the Lord laid claim on the first. He said, That belongs to me. And I think that's so significant. And then it says, Uh, in my note, and the first of the first fruits belongs to God. Now, look at Exodus 23, 19. I put this in three different translations with you to give you this simple concept, and then we're going to talk. You're going to have to write some additional notes. We're going to talk about some other areas in the Word. Today, what we want to do is we want to build faith in your heart for partnering with God Around your finances. And for some of us, we are long overdue in desire. We have all these desires to be in business, or we're already running a business and we're operating in some sphere of influence. But what we want, what we need, is God's supernatural dimension to be added to it. And that's why the title of this series is Money, Faith, and Sense. We're talking about money. But the, the real major issue for many of us is, are we going to begin to move in to the commensurate area of faith that will allow God to open up our understanding, illuminate our thinking, and to put resources into our hands? Exodus twenty three nineteen says in the New Living Translation, as you harvest your crops... Bring the very best, somebody shout very best, of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in his mother's milk. uh, English Standard versions. I just stopped there, there's so much more of this, but let's just do that first phraseology. The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. New American Standard Bible says, you shall bring the choice first fruits of the soil into the house of the Lord, your God. So our first fruits and the first of the first is our tithe that should be brought to the house of God, not to your nephew's school tuition, but to God's house. So if you're going to do this practice, you're going to bring it to the house of God. You're not going to write it to a television ministry, missionary organization, some outreach center. You're going to bring it to the house of the Lord. Thank you for those two amens. Glory to God. Normally I get three or four, two amens. Three. Thank you. Looking down, I want you to see at Proverbs 3, 9, and 10... Another concept that we all would say is a principle that we should be following all throughout the scriptures. It says, honor the Lord your God, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine." With new wine. I've got a star there. I have quoted a quote from Robert Morris, which is up above, right after Exodus 23, 19. It says, quote, it's not the 10th portion of your first fruits. It's the first portion of your first fruits that God wants. It's the first portion. It's interesting. So God is simply saying to us, he wants you to give your best, and then this phrase is, the rest will be blessed. Give your best, the rest will be blessed. That's the principle. Give your first and your best to God. So we want to establish this, but I need to tell you a story. You may want to uh, just write this in reference in the margin of your Bible Jericho chapters 6 and 7, the story about the nation of Israel going into Canaan, the promised land, the very first time. There we find that the Lord essentially says to them, Jericho is mine. Jericho is mine. How many know about this story at all? Story about Jericho, right? Okay, what did I say about Jericho? Jericho. Jericho said, okay, <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Very astute. I said it wrong. It's Joshua chapter 6 and chapter 7. Tell us the lead up and conclusion about the city of Jericho, all right? And uh, if you were in Sunday school, you heard the song, Joshua Fit the Battle of Jericho. That's, so Joshua and Jericho are all together. Somewhere in there. that's in there. all right, all right. Thank you. So very good, very good. I won't I won't say. I was just checking to see whether you <laughs> whether you were reading or following me. I, I, I won't try that. But but yeah, they are paying attention today. Praise the Lord. So it's interesting though. God made to that nation a challenge. Says this city. And everything that was in it, the spoils of war, if you will, the city belongs to me. The first fruits belongs to me. So when you take out Jericho, I want you to give everything to me. Now, the challenge is most of the people listen. And there's a guy named Achan who did not listen to the command of the Lord. And he bought some Interesting clothing that was part of the spoils, a gold wedge, and it was interesting. I I sometimes joke and tell folk that uh, this guy Aiken was from uh, Southeast D.C. (laughs) Anybody here from Southeast? I'm going to go light on you then (laughs) because y'all look so nice in there. But but, but if I was going to tell it the way I normally would tell it, I would say, you know that brother was from Southeast because first thing he did when they destroyed Jericho's. He went in, he grabbed him a piece of gold, you know, so he can make a gold chain. And he got himself some clothes. Of all the things that you could have stolen from Jericho. This brother got a gold chain and some clothes. So anyway, and he Yeah, that is cool. But but he hid it. (laughs) He hid it, probably I should say today he got some leather, but we won't go there. But he hid it and the Lord allowed them to come into this place where that protection, that partnership that the Lord had worked with them that allowed them to be powerful in war, the supernatural hand of God moving in their lives as they possessed the land that they had claimed. It didn't work at the next battle. And so they had to discern What had happened, and they found out that this guy, Achan, has stolen these things. But the point is that the city of Jericho was dedicated to the Lord. Somebody say dedicated. But what's interesting is that word to dedicate or to consecrate actually has a dual meaning. The other meaning is cursed. And so that which God says is mine carries the blessing of consecration upon it when you do with it what God said do, and it carries the curse of rebellion when you do with it what you should not do. So they would have had ongoing blessing, ongoing success. They would continued on just in that realm of victory, but until they found out about Achan, till they disciplined him, they did not have national success. It's an interesting concept. So I want you to know that if you're trying to walk with God in this covenantal reality of God's working with you in the financial realm, your first fruits belong to God. And if you use it, you are invoking upon yourself on that stuff curse. What do you mean? The cow, the lamb the 401k, whatever it is that you got, that you use for yourself, it will not prosper. So, so one way or other, you're going to be working with nine and not ten parts. The issue, though, is that which is presented to God, the rest that you have in your control will carry with it the blessing of God. So you give your best, and the rest is blessed. Does that make any sense? Now, we have gone through a lot. You go, We go back through and read the whole book of Malachi again. Remember the first message on this whole issue dealt with the whole book of Malachi. And God had a whole lot of things he was laying out that he didn't like there. And we can be forgiven. We can change. All of that. But he simply said, I don't like how y'all lie to one another. I don't like how you... Uh, divorce one another. I don't like how you raise your children in the wake of this covenant-breaking atmosphere. I don't like the way that you impress your will on people that are under you. The way you treat your workers is wrong. Here's a litany of things that God says, I need to talk to the leaders. You guys are wrong because you're setting the wrong example. And I want you people to know that I want to purify the sons of Levi, which are those priests, and I want the people of God to bring me an offering in righteousness and glorify my name in the earth. And if you do it, I'll do several things. I'm going to multiply what you've got I'm going to bless what you've got. I'm going to rebuke the devourer uh, in and for your sake. And you're going to see me moving in your life. He'll open the windows of heaven. Point number one, rebuke the devourer. Protect that which he has put into your hands. Number two. Are y'all there with me? Praise the name of Jesus. Number two. Let God multiply your resources. So, really, we want multiplication. Now, right now, some of us who are having some major issues in our finance, it is over this whole issue of tithes and offerings. Now, you're saying, well, I'm married, my husband won't let me tithe, or we're going to be under a problem. No, tithe over what you have responsibility over. Amen? You can't necessarily control everybody else in your world or your household. Let's be concerned in obeying what we know to be God's call for us. Does that make sense? What's in our control or what we can operate in? If you've got that, let's think about God moving in our personal life. Can you turn with me to Luke chapter 9, verse 12 through 17, New Testament verse? I believe at the end of the day, we want to pray a prayer, something like this. Lord, as you're turning there, Lord, I commit my resources to you. Now, I'm going to give when you say give. I'm going to sow when you say sow. I am going to uh, reach out as you reach out. got two stories I want to tell today. I'll tell one now, I'll tell the other later, but first story is the story of my father, When we were growing up, we used to have, I talk about this on the TEDx talk that we have. I'll never forget, when I was growing up, after I was about 12 or 13, there was always somebody, typically it was a man, living in the basement of our house in my teenage years, up until I went away to college. And they may be there for three months or six months. He had this, I thought it was a bad habit, really, uh, at the time. I understand he was operating in a higher principle spiritually than I understood. He would have people living in our house who had all kind of personal issues. Most of them were men who were married, many oftentimes separated. I only found out later on... As I got older, that some of those guys were struggling with alcoholism or this kind of issue, that kind of issue. They had great potential, but they needed place, they needed counsel to put their lives back together. My father wasn't a pastor, he wasn't, uh, he was on the board of uh, several churches, but he was not uh, in that way an ordained, you know, designated ministry person, but he was someone who believed that one of his callings was to take his resources and help people who were at one of those critical turns in their lives make the full turn, restore their lives, and much to my surprise, uh, looking back on it, many of those individuals, they actually overcame uh, addictions and habits and problems and got restored to their families, and got back on track with their lives. But part of this whole resource issue is he had to have the place, the house, the extra money that allowed him to be a significant help and change agent for these particular people. Have you found that verse yet? Verse number 12 of Luke 9 says, Late in the afternoon the twelve came to him, Jesus said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. Now, this is kind of wild. I can imagine that these particular people who were with Jesus and this was uh, the... Jesus Evangelistic Society in operation, and they had been with these people all day long, and I I feel like these brothers probably got together and said, how do we get Jesus to end this meeting? We think he's got a heart for the people, so we'll just tell him that he needs to let the people go home because the people are being worn out. And it's almost as though Jesus was saying, if you're so worried about all these people, you can give them some food. <laughs> and they answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy the food for all this crowd. Verse 14 says there were about 5,000 men there. In those days, if they are counting people, you'll see it later in the note, you wouldn't count the women and children and folks were there with their family. So the crowd may have been 15 to 20,000 people, and Jesus was saying, you feed them. I believe that this was a training test. I believe that what is about to happen, and how many know that this is called the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, is about to happen. So folk have a need, and Jesus was saying to his disciples, I want you to meet the needs of the people that you see have an issue. They need to be fed. So how many understand that in our day, there are some people that you are probably assigned to help out. There is a demand in the earth for help from the church, from the city of God, the people of God. And that we are called by God to give help where we're led. Now, we all got enough family and friends who've gone through personal issues. I mean, I got uh, alcoholics, crack addicts, people of, of ill repute all up and through my family. And with those kinds of folks in our family, some of them have been known to ask for stuff they don't need and I don't want to be the enabler of the persons. Thank you for listening to the Hope Connection radio broadcast. Please be sure to visit us for a Sunday service at our sprawling campus located at 6251 Amondale Road in Beltsville, Maryland. That's 6251 Amondale Road in Beltsville, Maryland. We are saving a seat just for you. For more information or to order the broadcast in its entirety, check us out on the web at thehopeconnection.org.